Life Jitsu Art of Life new episode. Been missing in action. I was moving. Because I was moving, I had to get a new internet set up. That took a few days, so I didn't have connectivity. And when I was in other areas, quasi-public areas, there were a lot of people. I didn't have great connection. I, I shot a couple podcasts, and I actually lost them. So that was that was not fun. But today I want to talk about the keto diet. I want to talk a little bit about veganism, vegetarianism. I want to talk about people ask me, do you eat meat? How much meat? I get questions about dark chocolate, my relationship with eggs, which is my favorite food. So let's just go through some of these. First of all, keto. Right? It's a beautiful name. Keto is exploding. The high fat craze is in full effect. And it should be. High fat for most of you in a country where roughly 70% or more of the people, according to statistics, are obese or overweight, the adults. It's in a country where a lot of people have a lot of problems. Pretty sedentary, not eating healthy. Went to the doctor, got some bad news, taking some prescription pills, taking some whatever, stressed over it, stressed over your health. No, no people that I know, you know, you do too. I got a buddy, not even 40 years old, stage four cancer in the lymph nodes, three kids, wife, three kids, real strong guy, Mexican guy, hardworking guy, good attitude, stage four cancer. Doctors told him be lucky we make 18 months. So many of us know if, if you're not dealing with something serious, you know, if you look around, you know a lot of people that are. If you look in church, if you look, uh, if, if you belong to a gym, if you're training martial arts, um, you know a lot of people that are sick. And it's up to you to decide, is all of that genetic? All of these people super sick prematurely, Right? in their 30s, in their 40s, even their 50s. All these super sick people, even kids, fat, obese, miserable, depressed, are all these sick people, is that just genetic? Is that just, oh well, that's just the way the cookie crumbles, Frank. Is that just the way it goes? And if that's your attitude, if you make that assumption, oh, that's just the way it goes, then you're not going to be as big for the diet. You're, you've got an excuse built in your brain. So, so many people have that, oh, I know I should exercise, I know I should eat better, and I will. But they don't, they are, they also, these same people who think that, oh, I know I should exercise, and one day I will. Same people who think that also think, a lot of them, oh, well, it's just in your genes. When it's your time, it's your time. And there's nothing I can do about it. So, they have this double, this. This, these two big assumptions, and that one assumption, the second one I just said, which is, oh, it's in my genes, and that's just the way it goes, just sick people, what are we going to do, just cross your fingers, hope you hit the genetic lottery, that's a terrible assumption, that's a very destructive assumption, and that is what's holding a lot of people back, okay, but so for most of you, the best diet you should be on, in my opinion, in my experience, in my 33 years, with this, you know, going down this healthy eating rabbit hole, high fat, for sure. And I'm not saying it because the experts in the craze are saying, I don't care what they say. I don't do, I don't try to do what's popular. I'm, do, I'm betting my life on it. I'm doing what works for me. And then what can help other people? What foremost for me? Healthy high fat is a thousand percent 
for the vast majority of people, in my opinion, the way to go for many reasons. Having said that, having said that, I don't endorse the keto diet. I'm not a big fan of the keto diet, and I think the keto diet in and of itself is going to be something of a fad, just like a lot of them. Why am I not a fan? I'm a fan of, Frank, you're a fan of, of healthy, high fat. You're, you, you advocate a diet of north of 50% of your calories coming from healthy, high fats like olive oil, the right olive oil, coconut oil, MCT oil, avocados, nuts, seeds, ghee butter. You're riding that, health, that high fat train, but you're not for keto, Frank. Explain. One of the biggest problems with keto is... Most people out there are not conscious for quality. Quality is paramount in everything we do. Quality matters in this nutrition landscape. If you care about your health, every bite must matter. If you care about your health, then the quality matters. If you care about your health, then don't play roulette. Try your best to avoid the genetically modified foods. Try your best to avoid you know, the conventional foods, especially certain conventional crops, corn, soybean, that are known to, you know, to be GMO favorites, right? There are certain crops, the, the, the dirty dozen or whatever, that, that you can find on the internet where these crops are very popular and they're much more likely to be genetically modified. And so if you go conventional, you are probably consuming GMO. There is a time, I mean, we, you know, when you're going to have to go conventional. There will be times. You might be over at a neighbor's house. You might be tight on money. But I've said it before. You're going to pay now or you're going to pay later. Yeah, the organic apple might be 50 cents more. Why, I don't know. It's, it's less invasive. It's less work to do it. But anyway, the organic apple might be... Um, 50% more. Pay now or pay later. Right? Don't. It's Franken food. It's guinea pig food. I don't want to look up in 20 years. Oh, by the way, we were wrong. We told you that genetically modified stuff that saves us so much money and helps us get a crop yield and produce a, basically a, you know, the, the GMO is to food what plastic surgery is for people. Right? It just it makes the apple look look pretty, whatever, but it doesn't necessarily mean that anything was fixed internally in the inner, how we really feel about ourselves, right? You can, you can do things on the superficial, but that doesn't tell you a lot of times what's going on underneath. People can look, they can have six-pack abs, they can be muscular, but their organs are a wreck and they die prematurely. I've seen that with bodybuilders and people that were very muscular, and, you know, gorillaed out. Internally, they were a mess. They were wrecked. Their arteries, their organs, etc. So, looks can be deceiving, and we see that with genetically modified foods as well. Look perfect, real big, supersized food, but just what's that going to do when your when your immune system notices all the glyphosate and all the nastiness, nasty chemicals in that apple, in that corn, whatever? Your immune system is going to notice it. And in my opinion, there's a good chance your immune system at some point, it keeps getting overloaded, it's going to say, hey, invader, invader, invader. 
And now your immune system's doing everything it can and reacting to something it doesn't recognize. Why? Because it's like it's never seen that stuff. It's never seen that genetically modified stuff. Hasn't been there throughout history. So human immune system's not designed to like it and favor it. And human, a lot of human immune systems, in my interpretation of the science and the doctors, and my interpretation is, hey, people, you know, our bodies, a lot of human bodies are seeing this GMO stuff and they're freaking out body's freaking out over it. The immune system's freaking out on it. And now you start to have problems. In addition to that nastiness being corrosive and destructive and modifying genes. There's plenty of science on that if you go and look for it. Back to keto, though. Okay? They just don't take into consideration quality. It's like, oh, all fat is, is created equal. Nah, bad assumption. You're going to load up on bacon and a lot of these, you know, the nasty fats, fried food fats. Like I even guys, Stephen Finney and Jeff Folick, who have been, uh, who've done some great research on keto diets and have a clinic and have helped a lot of people. And they've, they've got a lot of testimonies about how people's numbers went down, diabetics, and et cetera, getting a lot better, improving in, in, in some cases dramatically from keto diet. I don't doubt that for a second that a higher fat diet, even keto, is better than the normal crap people are eating. I think if it's the average American diet versus the keto diet, I think the keto diet is is way better. Yep, way better. But my problem with keto is it just doesn't meet my standards. It just doesn't meet my standards. That's the problem. It's not that it's not better than the average crap that people are eating. Yeah, fat is uh, in my interpretation, in my experience, from what I've seen myself with my clients and the doctors and researchers that I respect, people like, you know, Dr. Joseph Mercola and, um, you know, even Dr. Mark Hyman and others, Dr. Darren Schmidt and, and others, um, Jeff Folick, Finney, Dr. Diagnostico and, and many others, um, this high fat train, it's incredible. The recovery, the mind clarity, it's not, uh, like, oh, the food sucks and it's boring. It's, that's not the case at all. It is just not the case. Um, a lot, it's just a new way. And so our bodies, we're resistant when we first hear like, oh, I have to go higher fat. We think it's a penalty. We think that it's a death sentence and food's going to suck for the rest of our lives. And that's not the way that it works. You just need to learn new ways to cook, new ways to prepare. You need to start doing some preparation, some interaction with your food. You need to put a little bit more time investment in your food and what's going in your body and what's feeding your cells, the information you're taking in, right? The, the, are you taking in naturalness or are you taking in chemicals? Are you taking in, um, you know, nutrients and, and vibrance or are you taking in things that, in my opinion, are, are poison? in some cases, just never should be in the human body. What are you taking in? What are you ingesting? Take responsibility. You need, for most people, their awareness in life, the click, the awakening, right? He woke, he woke. They're saying that in the inner cities now. He woke, he woke. For most people, that awakening is going to come because somebody got sick, somebody died prematurely, somebody's dying prematurely, and it's going to come for a lot of you at the food and drink level. That is where your awareness, your higher mind power, your consciousness, you rethinking, 
redefining, reseeing the world, raising to your higher self, that breakthrough level, that breakthrough awakening, a lot of times, most of the time that I see, happens at the food level. And until you start to be mindful and to be um, discriminating about your food choices, your food and drink choices, until you start to really take power and care, you the odds are you're going to be walking around like a zombie, more robotic, unaware, not awakened, and a way, 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 way diminished form of what you could be. You will be merely scratching the surface. Food is a great place for a lot of people to start. It's not the highest level of awareness and awakening. It's not. It's not. And I'm not sitting here saying it is. It is a lot of times a breakthrough level. It is a lower level of awakening and consciousness, usually. But it is significant. It is the first mover for a lot of people. And it is very significant. Because that alone, if you start to take accountability of your food and your drink... That alone can start to raise your vibration. That alone can give you, let you tap into these incredible reserves of energy. That alone can give you some peace of mind. Make it less likely you're going to get some severe sickness or, or serious disease. That alone, it's that significant. The mind clarity will be off the charts. The hormone, you know, your hormones, your mood, Right? Less, a lot less stomach disturbances. Again, this is a marathon. This is not a sprint. This is not a magic wand. This is not a magic pill to wellness, to being more awakened, to being more aware, to that mind clarity. You have to get out there decision by decision, day by day, hour by hour, week by week, month by month, year by year, and you have to create great habits, recreate great habits of eating. And it starts with your awareness. Don't go with the genetically modified. So let's speak. I mean, I think the last I looked, one of the doctors that I'm listening to said something like, I think it was Dr. Zach Bush, who, I, who I'm starting to like a lot. Very smart guy. I think the stat was like 6% of, of the food and everything sold in America is, uh, here in the United States, is organic. Like 6%. And, and, you know, of course we want to grow that. It is growing. And, but... It needs to be a lot more, and that demand, and that that will send a message to these companies. You know, do you think? I mean, when you when these companies are selling you food, do you think it's about people first or profits first? Ask yourself that. When you're buying a product from somebody, is it about profits first or people first? It really does matter. Is your doctor about profits first or people first? Is your is your doctor a healer or a, a bill collector? You have to ask yourself that. We all need to make money. Look, I've been the starving artist before. We all need to make money. There's nothing wrong with that. We all, and money needs to be a priority. But when it's the top priority, that is super dangerous. Try not to deal with people for whom money is the top priority. It could be the third priority, right? It could be a, a great byproduct of, of doing something well and doing things with great intention and producing something very high quality and being like, likable and lovable and all that. That's great. You should make a lot of money, and money can be incredible. Money can save you a lot of problems. Money can save you from being desperate and, 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 and stressed. Money can give you the means, the access to better 
food and drink and lifestyle. So I'm not demonizing money one bit. But we need more people to seek out leaders, to seek out doctors, researchers, podcasters, storytellers who are about people first, who are about healing first. Not every last time. So a lot of these products, you know, you go into a grocery store and you say, oh, it's, it's in a grocery store, it must be healthy. They wouldn't sell it. The FDA, the USDA would not approve it if it wasn't healthy, right? There's no way that would happen, right? Come on. Go look at the labels. You can't pronounce, you know, you don't know what in, 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 in any given grocery store, you pick up any product at random, you probably don't know what a lot of that is. You've never heard of it. That doesn't automatically make it, but it's like when you have these long list things you can't that you can't pronounce and and it's been stripped of its nutritional value. And then you know, look, cheese. Cheese is like what? I think the, the legal requirement is like for you to call something cheese, it has to be at least fifty one percent cheese. So a lot of the cheese is fake too, right? The olive oil, a lot of the olive oil is fake, a lot of the honey is fake. Corn is genetically modified. Right, the corn syrup. What I I was listening to Dr. Mark Hyman, and he was talking about a conversation he'd had with a vice president of a major company, and was telling him the reason they loved corn syrup is because government subsidies for corn. It was so massive, and so just like let's produce more of this stuff. Let's just put the let's make high fructose corn syrup ubiquitous. Just put it in everything. So you've got to. You've got to take control when you're in the grocery store. Just because you're in the grocery store, just because you're in Whole Foods, just because you're in Sprouts, just because you're in Trader Joe's or wherever, whatever market, just because you're in there and it's on the shelf does not make it healthy. I walked in Whole Foods a couple weeks ago, and I love Whole Foods. I mean, Whole Foods is my second home. It's like my business headquarters. I love Whole Foods, and I love what they do. I love what John Mackey, love what they've built. I love the energy a lot of times there is better than the energy in any grocery store. The attention to detail is better. But Whole Foods sells a lot of genetically modified food, a lot of conventional. They do. I mean, they're in the business. They have to make a turn of profit. Now they're owned by a bigger, bigger company. Now they're owned by Amazon. I love Whole Foods. not going to smear them. I shop there more than anywhere. But even when you're in Whole Foods, people come there, they get sick or something, and they come to Whole Foods and they think, oh, Whole Foods is going to get them well. They're in there. It's automatically everything's healthy. Eh, eh, wrong. Bad mentality. Terrible mentality. I... I would like to almost count. I would bet most of the food in Whole Foods is conventional or GMO. I would bet you a lot, a lot, a lot of it is. And I, Anyway, I was in there a couple weeks ago, and as soon as you walked in, they were advertising some stuff trying to sell. It was like fried chicken and these huge heaping plates, uh, you know, to-go plates of macaroni and cheese. Not healthy stuff. Right there, as soon as you walked in to greet you, you know, buy this fried chicken and macaroni and cheese here at, at Whole Foods. Now... I am not saying that to, again, I love Whole Foods, and I think more, you know, more people are shopping there, more people should. They, they really do, among the major grocery stores, they um, really were, 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 were conscious in the space, they came in with some consciousness, they do have a, a really good offering of organic and non-GMO products, there is a lot more consciousness in their store, I think, than, than what you're going to get out there in, a, in other major uh, stores. So I love Whole Foods. But I'm saying do not make the mistake you're in Whole Foods, therefore everything is healthy, therefore you can pick everything up, therefore you can trust everything. That's that's not a good assumption. 
right? They're in the business. They've got to turn a profit, and they offer a wide spectrum of foods, many of which are conventional and GMO and to be avoided, in my opinion. So again, back to keto. No, I'm not a fan. I'm not going to endorse keto. I'm not going to endorse you taking in, I mean, look, somewhere out there, I was in Finland, there is healthy milk. I'm not going to just demonize milk. There's healthy yogurt. There's the A2 varieties, which, you know, they produce some places like New Zealand and in some parts of Europe, and I've heard wonderful things about that. The A2 milk, some people swear it's, it's a much healthier milk from a much healthier cow. Um... You know, you could try the A2 milk if you want. I haven't tried it yet. unless. But when I was in Finland, I can tell you they must have better cows. Their brie cheese, their yogurts, everything was so much better. It tasted better. Very easy on your stomach. There was no lactose intolerance thing. Um, you know, I would say if you do like dairy in moderation, I'd get your hands on some of the A2 milk. But in general, I'm not a fan of dairy. And, and so even keto with, with, with dairy and and milks, and cheeses, and I'm not going to endorse that, and again, if you want to eat dairy as sort of a, um, you know, again, I'm talking about like the milks and the cheeses, if you want to mess with that as a, as a delicacy, and you want to go for the higher quality stuff, you know, don't go, don't ever go 2% skim milk, go for the whole milk, if you're going to do milk, do it, do it whole, but again, you, the problem with the vast majority of the milk and the cheese out there, the vast majority of it is. Uh, I guess someone was telling me Sargento is 100% cheese. I don't think that's one of the higher ones, but even if you want cheese, if you're going to go and with a basic popular cheese, at least, you know, Crafts, I guess, is, is, is not 100% cheese, and I would definitely, I wouldn't want that in me, but Sargento supposedly is 100% cheese. So that's a good start. Probably not something I'd want to be consuming a lot. I'm not a big fan of the, the cheese in general, but, um, you know, if you're going to do a yogurt, go whole milk. And again, the problem is what did they feed the cow? I mean, the cow is on a lot of times, even if the cow wasn't pumped full of, um, the steroids or, or whatever, the antibiotics, the hormones, um, it's in the feed then, right? So a lot of times it can be in the feed and, or it could be, it's just, it's, there's, whatever they're putting in the cow, the condition's there. I mean, I was reading a story in the New York Times the other day about, um, about the, uh, you know, the, the, the loopholes to, the government has kind of cracked down on, hey, you can't just be feeding all these antibiotics to, to the livestock, so, you know, you, you could give it to them if they're, if they're sick or whatever, right? But there's all kinds, all these gray areas where they're still, because the antibiotics fatten up the animal. They fatten up the livestock. The animal can mature. It might take the animal you know, two years, 28 months to come to maturity before they can slaughter it and put it, and put it on the market. But antibiotics allow them to more quickly, create a more robust animal, bigger animal, matures quicker, cuts down on that 24, 28 months, they can get it on the market a lot quicker. That's what I was reading in that story, fascinating story. But again, this is the game. It's a profit game, usually. So we really, we're reaching a point in nutrition where the biggest thing you have to do is who produced it? Who produced the food? Where, what's the origin of it, right? The origin story. We're so concerned about companies' origin stories. What, what's the value 
of the company I'm buying from because that's going to matter with the quality, with the consciousness, with the intention. That's ultimately what's going in your body. So if these people just had bad motives or they're bad people, then you think they're going to produce a great product? It's great for you. You've got to start to, you know, you got these faceless companies that are just producing food and it's like who is even behind it is these invisible people producing your food you know i want to know the more you can put an origin story to the people an authentic origin story a real one not a made-up one not you know there's a lot of made-up origin stories out there but one that's real uh you know like like that's important who did they produce your your food with love are they in this because they love producing Apple cider vinegar, it's what they do to make the best apple cider vinegar on the planet, like the frags. Um, those things are important. So keto to me, the standards are not there. The emphasis on quality is not there. It's just sort of, it's very, it's too, it's too much of anything goes to me. That's the way that I see it. So I don't endorse that. I do endorse you being... Uh, high fat, I think most of you, again, you don't go to, you know, for most of you, you're not going to be in a state of ketosis. You're not going to walk around in a state of ketosis. You can get strips to test it, but most of you, including me, you're not going to walk around on a day-to-day basis in a state of ketosis. Most of you probably aren't ever going to hit ketosis, like where you're burning those fat ketones and you're burning almost all exclusively, you're running, you know, pretty much exclusively off of fat and not glucose, right? Most of us aren't. But you can reduce your dependency on running on glucose. So you can split it up. I mean, if I'm running 60, 65% of my calories off of fat, and then I'm running, you know, whatever, 30, 35% off of glucose. So yes, I still have some dependency. I still have sugar cravings. I still have, uh, you know, I, I still am, am sort of a slave to sugar at some level but a lot less, and my insulin levels are better, and I have less of that sugar in my body and my cells to corrupt, to decay, to corrode the cells and create a ticking time bomb in my body, and my energy levels, my recovery, even my age, I mean, you know, in my 40s, my recovery is so much better after workouts, after busy days, so much better, you feel better, your mind's clearer, um, you're just going to age a lot better. So that's those are my thoughts, my initial thoughts on keto. Vegan, vegetarian, people ask me all the time, are you vegan? No, I'm not. I, I you know, you've got to, if you are vegan, vegetarian, you get the same problem in general. There are some vegan, vegetarians that there's some fantastic theories and some fantastic expressions of a vegan diet and vegetarian diet out there. But they're very, they're very small in number. It's a very tiny percentage that are really living with this elite, top of the pyramid, awesome vegan vegetarian diet. Vegan vegetarian diets have the same problem keto does. It's the quality. It's that the, the standards, the standards are low. And so a lot of these people on vegan vegetarian, they eat all kinds of just crap. They eat, you know, they have the chemicals. They eat a lot of carbs, which is a de facto sugar. I'm not endorsing that. Sorry. So just because if you're a vegan snob, vegetarian snob, I may be with you. I may have great conversations with some of you. I may be with you in spirit, but then you show me your diet and you show me your um, your your shopping cart, and I'm just it's just it's 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 appalling. It's it's disgusting. It's gross. It's a low standard. 
It's the same problem for vegan vegetarian. Um, so remember, you know, you've, you've got to, um, the standards are everything. Harvard University, I was reading months ago, and I've already, I had already thought it, but it was nice to see them, they're coming over to, you know, they're, they're changing everybody, even the, the biggest, most mainstream doctors and Mayo Clinics and Cleveland Clinics and Harvard University, everybody's having to start to just raise the alarm bells. You can't protect what's going on with the food supply now. You can't. It's, it's indefensible. So even people and in, in institutions that used to defend it can't anymore. They have to start. Everybody has to come clean now because it affects them too. But to me, um, you know, for meat and everything, I would say, how often do I eat meat? Maybe once a week maybe three times a month or something like that. I did have some wild-caught halibut the other day at Whole Foods. It was just a lit, it was incredible. wild-caught halibut. I love sea bass. I love the wild-caught salmon. You know, I've heard people like Dr. Mark Hyman say, try to avoid the big, the bigger fish, like tuna, etc., swordfish. And I don't eat a lot of swordfish, but I do probably mess with tuna now uh, once, twice a week. And I certainly eat some sardines, too. Um, they're cheap. They're easy to pack away. And they've got good high fat, too. They're, they're a little messy because I, I don't like the, the, um, the skeleton vertebrae in the, in the sardines. So I've got to go cut that out, which is a little inconvenient pain in the butt. But um, I throw some sea salt on those, maybe even a little bit of onion. And, um, but, but anyway, I do mess with the tuna. I know people say, well, but there was Hiroshima and the nuclear stuff and there's mercury, whatever in the ocean now and blah, blah, blah. And this chemical, but going to get something. I mean, you know, we cannot live in a bubble. All right. We're all getting some exposure, even the glyphosate and some of the chemicals that to make our food, they wind up in the air, they wind up, uh, in the rain and we all are going to get some exposure. You just want to control, you can control and try to limit your exposure. If I'm already going to get exposure through the air and through the rain, whatever, well, then I'd like to get a lot less exposure through the food, through the drink. All right. So, um, you know, I would say go easy on the meat, especially the red meat, because you're going to be needing to eat high quality meat, a bison, a grass fed, you know, level four, level five meats in whole foods, um, but to me, there's just, you know, I do think, and Mark Hyman's, Dr. Mark Hyman's talked about this. I do think that, because he was vegetarian for a while. I was vegetarian for what, a year and a half, two years and eating a lot of tofu. And it was all that, whatever I'm presuming was the estrogen. Like I was actually starting to get some man boobs. It was horrible. It was terrible. I mean, not good. So, you know, I was pounding this tofu and it was organic. So I thought I was good to go. I mean, like a pound of that stuff a day. And that was a bad idea. But anyway, I was vegan, vegetarian for whatever, year and a half, two years. Um, and now I'm not. I just eat meat sparingly. I meat eat, as a de- I eat meat as a delicacy. Um, but, uh, you know, so anyway, that, that's, that's, uh, those are some of my thoughts on meat. You know, if you want to do the turkey or the chicken thing, I'm not a big fan because of the antibiotics and all that stuff. And I just don't trust the meat. That's my biggest issue. But yes, as Dr. Mark Hyman said, um, you, you know, you could keep more bone, you know, you can keep more lean mass. It won't be as thin if you are eating some meat, right? 
but you just have to just, man, to trust the meat out there, you really got to do your homework. Um, and I just gave you some of your, some of your best bets as a starting point. I just wouldn't go walking around randomly eating meat. And I would certainly recommend you, um, you, you cut back on that. So, you know, I'm not a fan of counting calories. You know that if you're here in general, we don't like to count calories. I don't believe in food deprivation. I do eat late a lot of times. Most of you probably can't get away with that. So you're going to have to start having tapering your food. And as you eat later, you know, definitely try to avoid the carbs later. And uh, you're going to be have to be even more like if you are a late eater like me and you really have those cravings, you're going to have to eat. Otherwise, you're going to binge eat later, and you, you can't deprive yourself. It's not sustainable. You won't sustain deprivation unless it's starvation or it's forced on you. You're not going to sustain it. So we like to think here in terms of quadrennials or five-year cycles or 10-year cycles. We don't take think in terms of just 60, 90-day cycles. Even though you can see some great results on Forzafit and high-fat diets like us, um, you know, 60-day, 90-day challenges are awesome for marketing and getting stirring people up and creating urgency and getting the sign and buy your programs but people need to really look at things over the long term that's where these battles are won and lost they're won and lost with our habits with something we're going to sustain and you know to deny and deprive yourself so for most of you what we would do later in the day we would just get stricter with what you're eating um, ideally and we would go definitely want to go with a lot less carbs um, there's a lot of tricks and we'll talk about that um you know, a, a little more. But final thing I want to talk about really quick. I do want to talk a little bit about eggs because eggs and like dark chocolate, there is still, I mean, however smart, like this is, the, this is definitely the best place I've been in the 33 years I've been in the nutrition and weight cutting space and combat sports. This is definitely the best diet nutrition lifestyle I've ever had far and away. But there are still a lot of X factors and there are, and, and, Everything we know today could change in a week, it could change in six months, it could change in a year, right? We're constantly updating and trying to find new ways, better ways to do things, better foods, better brands, better ways to prepare the food. You learn more about which, you know, which nutrients you need, which nutrient profiles. You learn more about how do you preserve the nutrients in a food, how do you prepare it, etc. But eggs are, are an interesting one. Eggs are my favorite food, but... I'm cracking down on eggs now. Why? Not because I, I think an egg has a great nutritional profile. All the amino acids and healthy fat. And I love them. The taste, too. What's the problem, Frank? Well, again, go back to quality. I just don't trust the quality of most of the eggs. Even I love, you know, Vital Farms. I love their, their eggs. The best one that I know of. But even now, I don't know that. I don't know. I've got to do more research even on their standards. So right now I'm going, I was probably eating three eggs, three whole eggs a day. I'm probably going to eat eggs maybe twice a week now, right? I used to eat them almost every day. Now I'll go to twice a week maybe. Maybe I'll even go less than that. Why? I'm concerned about the quality. I want to do more research. I want to sample my body on less eggs. Hard to show you, you know, man, like that's... That's how much I love what I do, and I'm willing to experiment. I'm taking away my favorite food. I'm going down to maybe two times a week right now, which is a delicacy. Why? Because of the quality. I'm concerned about how the eggs are. Just because it says organic, grass-fed, pasture-raised, that's a great starting point. That's certainly an improvement of most of what's in the market. It doesn't necessarily make it top of the pyramid. It doesn't necessarily mean that we've been 
spared a lot of exposures. It doesn't mean there's just so many legal tricks. Even when you call it organic farm raised and you know pasture raised and you know give the they give the chicken thirty feet to move and walk and they pat themselves on the back and think, well, the chicken's just living the life of Riley because it has thirty twenty five or thirty feet to to move. So now what we're gonna head to is we're gonna head to kind of like the halibut where I had it, you know, it was certified, you know, something, seafood, whatever, certified. You're going to have all of these special, these agencies or certification channels that are beyond organic, right? Not just organic. And you're going to say, look, this exceeds the standards because it has this certification. And that's going to become a lot more important, sort of a beyond, beyond organic uh, hierarchy, because organic's not enough now. Even for people like me, organic means it's an improvement over conventional. There can still be a lot of problems in the food. It still could be, you know, not that high of a quality, actually. And it could still make it, it's, it's odd, right? You just think organic, and that means it's just super healthy. It doesn't work that way. Organic can just mean it's not as crappy. It's less crappy. You know, it's, eh, it's average. I'm not into that. I want to do things at a higher level. So we got to go beyond organic. Like, what are the certifications? Who prepared it? What soil? What's the reputation of the people that prepared it, of that brand? Tell me about the owners. You know, can we even go there? Can we visit their their farm? Whatever. See their standards. Show me their standards. That's the rabbit hole we're going down and I'm going down because it matters. The soil quality matters. The intentions of the owners and the workers and the spirit of them matters. It goes to the food. I was at a, I was at a, um, a Japanese restaurant a few weeks back, and it was fascinating. It was like a tepanaka, or so I'm mispronouncing that. But anyway, they were, you know, where the guy comes out, cooks your food, and he's real fancy with his cooking utensils, and he flips things, and he, you know, flicks food and, and aims at your mouth, and is able to, you know. Is, is accurate and can flip the, the you know the, the shrimp or the scallop whatever in your mouth from you know 12 feet away whatever right and everyone applauds and so then you know they're showmen they're, there's a lot of showmanship with these kind of very expert Japanese chefs they cook the food in front of you over an open flame anyway I got a guy who's probably pushing 70 years old angry guy man angry guy but phenomenal at his craft a great showman very accurate, precise, fast, even at 70, fast hands, and very dynamic, a dynamic character. You could tell this guy, this is probably all he's done in the last 40 years or so, right? And um, so I'm Mr. Curious, and I'm trying to take the chance to ask him some questions, and he answered my questions. But then at the end, and he's kind of a type A angry guy, and he said, when you ask a question, it's better not to ask a question when the guy is cooking because I have to be careful. I cannot talk over the food. If I talk over the food, then the spirit of the talking goes over the food. So when you ask me a question, if you noticed, I turn my head to the right or to the left so that I don't talk over the food because that is not good for the food when I talk over the food. He was thinking like that what he would talk, not just the, like saliva, saliva particles or something like that, but not just the evaporation, you know, of, you know, uh, of talking over the food, but just the spirit. He was literally alluding to, like, the spirit. That sounds crazy. I was like, this is crazy. This is extreme. But look at that. 
this food expert, this ultimate showman making the food, under that type A as a consciousness, he does, he loves what he does. He's an expert at what he does. and He's serious about what he does and he cares about the spirit of, hey, I have to think about what I'm saying, what my intentions are, what my spirit is, what my energy is, what my vibration is. That's just going to impact the food. It's not good to just talk over the food. I had, you know, being kind, but I was, you know, just asking him curiously questions that I didn't realize I was taking him out of his own, out of a space, out of a spirit that he wanted to be in to produce it and create the intention, the food. That matters. A thousand percent that matters. That's what we're talking about. That's, that's the rabbit hole we're going down here. So, anyway... I am thrilled to be back. It's been a very, oh, this move's been, it's been quite the move, a lot of energy, but uh, I want to be regularly churning out my podcast. I love this. I want to share a lot of great information. Uh, follow me, my website, www.frankieforza.com. My email is frankie, F-R-A-N-K-I-E, at frankieforza.com. Uh, any questions, feedback? online training, I do that too, right, we can make you a nutrition plan, we can, you know, if you have friends, you want to refer your friends, uh, let me know, you know, you refer, I'll give you 10% of whatever they, whatever they, uh, they, they buy from me, you know, they're, they're, uh, the program, so 10% to anybody that can, you know, bounce me, a, a customer, I'd be happy to work with them, um, that is it for today, every bite matters, just start to, Raise your awareness, raise your vibration. It can, it's so simple. It can start even with the food you eat. So much waiting for you when you do that. Okay, so be blessed, don't stress, and uh, I will be back soon.